Welcome to the very first episode of Art of Turing, the podcast, episode one. I am the Sis Dog. I'll be talking to Turing musicians, performers, jugglers, mime artists, anyone who will talk to me about life on the road as a Turing musician. As I said, I am the Sis Dog. I am your host. I play in a band, play in multiple bands, actually. I'm the lead singer of Smokestack Rhino. I moonlight with the Pass Outs, do covers gigs with the Cedar Duo, Clone the Radio, another band I play in, uh, the occasional Pearl Jam tribute show. I do solo gigs, duo gigs, oh my God, weddings, acoustic gigs. Wherever I need it, I'll show up with a PA, dodgy PA that is, uh, some lights from Bunnings and I'll put on a show. Your dad's got a 60th, give me 300 bucks, I will show up. All right, this week on the podcast, I sat down with the Sunset Junkies from Brisbane. They're a blues rock band, yeah? Uh, they tour nationally and they play the blues festival circuit in Australia. They've recently gone through a rebranding, however. They used to be called Byron Short and the Sunset Junkies. So if you want to check out their older stuff, you can find them if you search for that. Uh, but now they are going by just Sunset Junkies. And we have a good chat. Uh, this was recorded at the Cherry Bar, uh, a gig that we did with them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, We uh, just uh, set up shop in the back there, in the back of the Cherry Bar, and we talked about maintaining relationships while you're on the road, the struggle of family, work commitments, all of these things, trying to be a working musician on the road. We talk about our first bands in high school. Uh, We touch on the difficulties of life on the road as a touring musician. So, yeah, we really get into it. Now let's uh, have a listen from our sponsor. Art of Touring is proudly brought to you this week by Cup of Tea and Toast. Are you hungry and thirsty? Then pop in some bread into a toaster, chuck on the kettle and make yourself a nice cup of tea and spread on some delicious jam on that toast for a snack that will hit the spot. Cup of Tea and Toast, the snack that is as good as a cup of tea and toast. Spread it on! All right, don't forget to listen to Art of Turing on SoundCloud, who host the show and enable me to bring this episode via iTunes. Go to soundcloud.com backslash Art of Turing and hit follow. All right, that's enough out of me. Let's get into the conversation with the Sunset Junkies. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the very first episode of Art of Turing. Today, the premiere episode, I will be talking to Sunset Junkies. So we have Byron Short here. We have uh, Jezza on the bass. G'day. And Tricky on the drums. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks, dude. We're sitting in, it appears to be the Elvis room at the back of uh, Cherry Bar. Indeed. Something like that. Yeah, this is the back bar at Cherry. So where did you boys uh, grow up? Uh, Jeremy, where are you from, mate? I'm from south side of Brisbane. Where I've always, always been. The All south the, side. The scum. That's uh-huh. where I'm from. Scum of the earth. You, you were in Sydney originally, though, weren't you? I went there for a few years. No, oh. Anastasia Pelashek country, right? That's it, man. Uh, Palaszczuk. Yeah. Dirty political slop. That's him. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, was there any musicians in your family, Jeremy? Oh, yeah, not really. Like, just because I grew up in the church. My parents sang in choirs and shit. That's kind of it. So, that's the only musical influence in my family. Right. You're the black sheep. That's it. Gladly. (laughs) Proudly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What about uh, you, Byron? Where are you from, mate? I was born in a pirate ship. Is that right? 
well, almost actually. I, I, I was born on the Gold Coast, and soon after, my dad actually did buy a uh, boat, a very big boat, 100 foot long, 10 sails, a 100-year-old sailing vessel, and we uh, pretty much moved up the coast with it. So we lived in um, Daly Beach for a while, doing safaris uh, around the Sundays. Yeah. And then ended up in Cairns, and I was raised pretty much in Cairns. Yeah, I went to did all my schooling there up in scuzzy old Cairns, and um, learned all the lingo and explains a lot, I guess. But yeah, is it as hot up there as everybody says it is? Or Fucking what? disgusting. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's tropics too, man. <laughs> it's the humidity central. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like walking in a bathtub. Oh my goodness. And uh, I always said that it's a great place to visit. Yeah. But it's a shit place to grow up. Yeah, right. Yeah, because once you've done the reef and the Daintree and the whatever and all the beaches and the nice shit, mm. there's just not much culture out there. And depression. Oh well, that's not good, man. No. And music. That's I did get into music, there and it, it definitely gave me a positive uh, place to focus my juju. Yeah, right. Perfect place to grow up for music, then I suppose, because yeah, literally nothing else to do. To do, yeah, yeah, right on. And what about you, Tricky? Where are you from, big fella? Um, have been on the north side of Brisbane literally my entire life. Yeah. I've never lived anywhere else. Yep. Which is funny too, because mum, growing up, her dad was in the Air Force, so she grew up all over the country. She lived in Western Australia, Melbourne, Sydney, and wait. I don't know whether it's one of those crossover things of a generation where sort of, you know, one generation gets a talent, one generation doesn't. Mm. It's the same with travel. She lived everywhere and I've lived nowhere. So you got the talent? Is that what you're trying to say? No, no, no. My mum got the talent. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, you got nothing. Fantastic. What did, uh, Tricky, I'll, I'll direct this one to you. We'll stay on you for a minute. What did you listen to when you were growing up in, in high school and, and what kind of musical influences did you have when you first started, you know, in your formative years? What were the bands that stick out to you? I'm really glad you said high school, so let's stick with that. Let's do it. Because before that, it gets a bit embarrassing. No, no, <laughs> let's hear it, man. <laughs> the first, I remember doing this for a TV thing as well. The first CD I ever owned was Hanson. Yes. That's a banger, though, man. Was that the one with Mbop on it? Yeah, yeah of course it was. Course. It was that first one. It had the symbol on the front. It was like the name buried mm-hmm. into it Always somehow. wanted to fuck Taylor Hanson. Yeah, those oh chicks man. Who didn't? hot, man. Who didn't? I don't know who Hot, this chick. Just, yeah, hottest chick on the planet. Yeah. Hang on, I thought Hanson was dudes. Nah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hanson was, was three. You're breaking my balls, <laughs> man. You're breaking my balls. <laughs> I'm so confused don't right don't now. Don't wreck this for me. It's my childhood. Breaking my balls, man. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, when you got past the Hanson phase. You got past the Hanson phase. Oh. I think the first installation was Regurgitator. Oh, wow. Um, that's what started to turn me. What record? Was it a unit? Yes. Mm. Yeah, man. Some um, formerly known as? No, what was the... Uh, um, Polyester Girl. No, not Polyester Girl. Um, the black, other one. Black Beans? Right. Was it Black... M? Black Bugs. I got killed by black bugs on my video game. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember seeing them play that at, uh, at a festival when I was 17. That, that was out of control. Yeah, well you must be a lot older than me. <laughs> <laughs> I am 38 years young. Oh, I only just turned 30. There you go, man. Yeah, so that's, that'd be roughly correct as well. I was about 10 years old when I heard that track. Oh. There you go. Sick. There you go, man. There you go. 
And then it um, started to escalate from there. The next one after that was uh, Freak on a Leash by Korn, which mm. is off the Follow the Leader album. Okay. And that's where I really started to turn. Mm. Then it was Slipknot. And then it just went downhill from there. Yeah, right on. In Flames, evil. Opeth. Yeah, it's so a lot of stuff hectic. there. And so with your drumming, who would like you, your main kind of guy? Like, I oh, love oh, if I could nail that. All right, my big, my biggest influence in drumming would be Morgan Rose from Seven Dust. Okay, dude is a beast, mm. absolute beast. But but groove central as well. Like hits like a demon, but can just sit in that pocket like an absolute animal. Oh yeah, nice. And I love it. That's awesome, man. What about you, Jez? Um, what did uh, what did you listen to growing up, mate? Yeah, when I started getting into music for myself, it was just punk or nothing. So, punk rock, Rancid, No Effect, mm. all those guys. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you have so any, like, mates that said, oh, check this band out, or any family members or anything? Yeah, actually, um, mate from high school um, sort of told me that he made a little mixtape yeah. of um, just a few different punk bands. said, have a listen to this. Mm. I'm like, holy shit, blew my mind. I'm yeah, like, nice. This is this is just as angry as I am. This is great. Yeah. That really spoke to you. Yeah, that's right. So that's um first band I started was a punk band as well. So just straight into it. And you were the front man in that, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, dog. Screaming. Yeah, playing bass. What was the name of the first band that you were in? Lame. Lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Sh- shitty Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> yes. That was not just a clever name. Oh, what about you, Byron? What um, What did you listen to when you were coming up, mate? Young, rosy-cheeked little Byron cherub. Short, yeah. A lot is the very short answer. Mm. Um, but, you know, I got into um, Elvis. I got into Bob Dylan, um, Donovan, lots of folky sort of stuff when I stir- uh, first started to play the guitar. Sure. Then um, uh, I got into hip-hop. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I was sort of right into uh, Snoop Dogg. I bought uh, The Dog Father. That was a mad album. Yeah. I bought All Eyes on Me by Tupac. Um, and then on kind of a whim, I went into a record store and there was a cool, weird-looking cover there with a dude with, like, crab claws. And it was uh, Silver Chair Freak Show. I bought oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah, right And on. I became a rock and roller. Yeah, straight after that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, I, I studied classical music and jazz and all sorts of shit. Yeah, right on, man. Um, and so, was there any specific event uh, in your life that led you to becoming a musician and saying, yes, this is what I want to do as... As my, you know, calling? Elvis Presley. Elvis. Yeah, I think it's, I was five or six or some shit. Yeah. And Dad used to love Elvis and, you know, he had videotapes or records or something like that. And, and and as soon as I heard or saw him, I can't really remember it, but I thought, man, that dude must get a lot of pussy. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> the great motivator. <laughs> the ladies. <laughs> my goodness. Um, and so when did the band start? I think um, we could probably just go back to when it was Byron Short and the Sunset Junkies. Sure. So I've had a bit of a, a storied career. Um, not a successful one as yet, but it's been fun. Um, did a handful of solo albums and I created 
the Sunset Junkies as my backing band to sort of help me recreate this stuff live. Mm. And um, we, uh, there's been a lot of different people pass through this band. And when I found these two friggin' reprobates, <laughs> I thought, um, these are my dudes. Yep. And so we became a band. We nice. are Sunset Junkies now. And so the songwriting... So no, sorry please. to cut in. No. What the fuck is a reprobate? Look it up. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit predisposed like at the moment. Like a, like a kind of like a, a distraught kind of character. <laughs> uh, that's what I feel reprobate kind of means. Hey, um, and so I, I did ask this before to Jeremy, and his first band name was Lame. What about what was your first band that you played in, Byron? <laughs> what was it called? Well, um, I I had my first band when I was ten. Yep. And we were Dogs on the Moon, and we played Nirvana, uh, Cleden, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, sure, and the Cranberries. Wow, Zombie. Yeah, that's the song. That's the song. <laughs> <laughs> that is the song. Wow, and they were called Dogs on the Moon. That's a not a, that man. That name still stands up today. That, that, that'd be good. Mm, I've had some bangers over the sure. years. Uh, there's Aftermath, and there was yeah. Mind Field. Mind Field. Mm. Okay. Yeah, featuring of members of uh, Drunk Mums. Oh yeah. Yeah, we've all sort of spread our wings, and some of us is have fallen in the toilet like me, and some of us <laughs> have <laughs> toured Europe. So, you know, yeah, right. Times, it's all yeah. relative, man. And what about you, Tricky? What uh, what was the first band that you were ever in, mate? The first band that I was ever in was called The Failed. The Failed? Yeah. Sensing something and here. And it, it fucking failed hard. But same thing, we were doing Nirvana tracks as well. I got found, I was jamming something in the band room at school one day. And Which Nirvana songs? We did Smells Like Teen Spirit and Floyd the Barber. Ah. Mm. We did pretty much stuff off of Unplugged. So we did all the meat puppet stuff, like Lake of Fire and Omi and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember doing Aneurysm with my uh, first band. Yeah, nice. That was a great track. What so was your first band? The name of it. Mm. The name of the first band was X-Rated Jumping Castle. Oh, dude! That's a fucking yeah. awesome. Give him the name. fucking <laughs> the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I think the reason behind it was there used to be this um, under well, it wasn't underage, but it was like a uh, a teenage uh, event in the metro on a Thursday called the Goo, and I heard a friend of mine had gone to this Goo thing, had gotten into it, and they had an X-rated jumping castle inside the club, and we're like, that's a great name for a band, and so we called the name. The band that, but then after that, we changed the name to Hemoglobin, which apparently is the stuff that attaches itself to the red blood cells to provide oxygen to the body. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the Hemoglobin Globetrotters. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> hemoglobin. Oh man, I remember we even put together a little EP. I recorded it, right, and uh, I, I recorded this little CD, and I made it a, an assignment for my graphics class. So I, I put all the the artwork together. I took photos of the band, and you know, I've still got the CD at home, and it's yeah, one right. of my favourite mementos. Yeah, yeah of the guy. Hey, uh, enough about me. What about you guys? How often now, the sun Sunset Junkies? How often do you get out of your own town and and tour and do gigs? 
Well, this is probably our f- the f- third time we've gotten gotten out of Brisbane and like mm. surrounds. Like I don't really count going as far as the sunny coast. Yeah, we know. do a lot of regional sort of stuff, but it's tougher to get out and do you know Melbourne, like, yeah, um, Sydney, Sydney, Newcastle, shithole. Yeah, Sydney's hard. Wise, I guess it's hard mm. to crack. Sure, yeah, it definitely is at the moment too. Have felt like like that, but. Yeah, this is our second time in Melbourne, and we'd like to get down here more often if we can. Um, yeah. Live music capital of the world. Yeah. Has it got nominated like a week Trump, ago? I think Trump tweeted it, and now it's like gospel. Oh, now it's hot. <laughs> yeah. Is that a real well, thing? If uh, God yeah, said it. Yeah, man, like a week ago. Yeah. Melbourne got voted the live music capital of the world. Wow. I don't know who voted it or whatever. That's um, that's fantastic. It could just be Melbourne City Council. Strong <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> just <laughs> it was James some Young. solid propaganda. <laughs> Putting it out there themselves to get some more tourism down to Melbourne. Future mayor of, <laughs> future mayor of Melbourne, James Bands Young. Bands won't make any more money, <laughs> yeah. but at least the punters will come out. Well, that's it. This, we've got to do something to get the, the punters in into the into the clubs. Hey, well, so... Maybe an X-rated jumping castle. Hey, mm. that would be epic. I would love to go to a club with an X-rating jumping castle yes. in it. Basically, it. basically, what it was was two boobs and a big penis uh, in between the two boobs. So you'd jump on the dick and it would go in between the boobs. That is so <laughs> awesome. Why are we so still sitting here? I know. Yeah. Get one yeah, for the next show. Where have you been all my life? Sounds <laughs> like a dream. It was pretty wild. Uh, so, wh- well, talking about wild things, have what was the best gig that you guys have got the opportunity to play to? Can you tell me that? Oh, Broad Beach, I reckon. Yeah, I think we could probably mind. all say a, a thing or two about Broad Beach was great. Broad Beach. Yeah. The festival up in Broad Beach. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Broad Blues Beach. on Broad Beach. Blues on that's Broad Beach. That's what it's called, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was last year, was it? Yeah. yeah. Man, that feels like longer yeah, than a year. Yeah, they sort of spread bands so throughout. Broad Beach area, and yeah. w- we ended up in a venue called the Envy Hotel. Yeah, and upstairs at the Envy, it's MB. a pretty big venue. I reckon you get mm. maybe 350, 400 in there. Oh, two fifty to three, packed. Though. Yeah, it was packed. All right, then whatever. But yeah, shoulder to shoulder, yes. absolutely insane. We did a two hours plus set. Oh mm. wow, yeah. dripping with straight. Yeah, it was it was the um it was the day after Chris Cornell. Sadly, mm. and we opened with a. Uh, you and Richie did the yeah. song. Voice version oh, of, uh, that was beautiful too. And lots of tears. Oh man, that yeah. would have been amazing. Yeah, it was hard for me to get through it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we got straight into some really rocking shit for man, the rest of it. So I think when that happened, I think the entire music community just all collectively just. Oh yeah, man. It felt, everyone felt it, whether you play rock or whatever you play, as far as just musicians go over the last 50 years, that dude, his voice and the impact he had on on the world. Unmatched, man. Unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah. 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 Like, if you listen to our stuff, um, you'll hear that there is a a lot of um, audio slave kind of influence in there, and that's not a a mistake. Like, that's a purposeful thing, because we look up to that. Yeah. To that dude. So, yeah, that was, oh, man. So, that would have been an amazing show. Yeah, well, yeah, it started off in that somber sort of tone, but everyone in the room was, you know, feeling a lot of love, and then we just sort of said, well, right, now we're going to just rock really fucking hard. Yeah, <laughs> nice, man. And, uh, yeah, it was great. So, that was a great one. Um, and what about the worst? <laughs> <sighs> Doesn't have to be with the Sunset Junkies or just any other previous bands, like... Well, let's not do the Sunset Junkies then. Yeah. Because, uh, 
That might be. They've all been Why? good. What's in your mind? <laughs> I want to know. Shut up. <laughs> I do uh, solo cover songs and stuff like that for a living. Yes. So I'd have to chalk one of my worst up to you know the constant play fucking horses yep. and me going, I will kill you. Yep. Um, you know that's yeah. You could pick any one of those gigs as being my yeah, worst. Yeah, most it's definitely, just man. Shit. But money. Yeah, well, uh, you'd be hard pressed to be a singer songwriter in an original band and not have to offset your um, income by doing covers, especially if that's the only income you have, unless yeah. you're working at Bunnings or something. Um, and what about just because the podcast is called The Art of Touring, so I would be remiss in uh, not uh, asking you of any road stories that you'd like to share of good ones, bad ones, what's happened, you know. Uh, for example, today you guys um, had to wait how long in the airport to get here? Too long. Too long. Well, you want me to tell today's story yeah, no, or you, you want me to tell one of my stories? No, you, 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 you All right, I'll choose, man. I'll you tell today's story. See, Tricky, he, he, he's been around the world playing drums in uh, heavy bands and shit, so he's probably got a lot more stories than I do. i got a couple. Um, today was shit. But you, you can know, remember. But it was sort of your standard thing. You rock up the airport and, you know, flight delayed and... You know, a whole bunch of bullshit and, and stuck in cabs and walking through puddles to get to the venue with all your shit. And then with you a hole in your shoe, too. A hole in your shoe. I've got gaff on my shoe here. I didn't oh, put that is gaff. rock and roll right there. <laughs> <laughs> Look right? at that gaff. <laughs> now, that you isn't a quick shit. fix from today. That has been no, that, there that's for that's a few that <laughs> I refuse to replace <laughs> these boots. <laughs> if the gaff is working, then keep making Look, it, it work. looks like the back's yeah. starting to fall off them, too. In, Dude, in gaff, those gaff we trust. gaff we trust. Fantastic. Um, well, yeah. Well, then I will direct this one to you, Dan. Any um, any stories from the road? Going to Adelaide to play a festival, and it was my first time ever playing in Adelaide, let alone playing a festival with a metal band I used to play in. Um, it was the band I was playing in's label that was running the festival, so we got put on an awesome time slot. Uh, it was a multi-stage thing, so rolled up at 10 in the morning, and we were playing at five roughly maybe six o'clock yep. something like that and this is a long time ago now it's like all right dropped all our gear off we thought oh, we haven't eaten breakfast yet let's go down to local pancake place get some breakfast yeah roll it in and they're like oh you know we ordered breakfast like would you like anything to drink are you serving beers yes oh at breakfast let's bring out some beers a <laughs> <laughs> couple of beers for breakfast ate some pancakes canadian breakfast <laughs> it was brilliant Turn back up to the venue, and they had a deal going where they were like, all right, for the bands, we're only doing this deal for the bands. You can buy a carton for cost price. We'll give it to you. You go and drink it. Yes, please. <laughs> give me a carton. It's like $40. Gave it to me in a milk carton. I had a milk, like milk crate. Sure. So I was running around the backstage area of the festival. Just a milk crate full of beer. Hey, man, you want a beer? Just yeah. hand them it out. Cans or the bottles? Uh, bottles. 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 Bottles of Coopers. Coopers Red Label. Fantastic. Mm. Danger. So, yeah. We were hitting them hard, man. So, hit about three o'clock in the Arvo. I'm swaying, like, left and right. Oh, man, I'm, I'm pretty wasted. Maybe I should stop drinking for an hour before we go on stage. I said it to my scene. I'm like, dude, I'm pretty wasted. It's like, yeah, stop drinking. It's like, I don't want to hear about this. <sighs> Whatever. So, settled down for a little bit. We played the show. We played really well. And then that, no, no, we did. We actually played good. All the reviews were great. Walked off stage. The party continued. 
guitarist in my band was an older fellow. Ah. So as the festival was wrapping up and everyone was going to go to the after party, he's like, all right, I'll take all the gear back. I'll go to where we're staying. And we'll stay with our label in a place they called it the Devil's Lounge. So at the back of the house that the label owned, they had a shed set up, just literally bunk beds, a stereo, a fridge, whatever bands would roll through town, get to go and hang out at the back. He's gone to bed. We've all gone to the after party. The party in Enigma Bar in Adelaide. Just wild, man. I, it got to a point where I was that wasted I could barely walk. Security guards propped me up on a chair at the bar and handed me another beer. <laughs> oh like it, it was that type of party. It was awesome. Just keep going, mate. We all jumped in cabs. We all went back to the label's house. And when we got back there, the label's wife, Cass, the mama, she's like the tool mum, band mum. Sure. Starts making daiquiris. Cam, my guitarist, wakes up. You know, he's got like six hours sleep. We've all been out partying. He comes out all fresh. Like, oh, yeah, man. I'll, I'll start having some drinks. Sun's starting to rise in Adelaide. We've been drinking since 10 the day before. Yeah. Everyone starts partying. Daiquiris. We went for a run down to the shop. Got bacon and eggs. We're doing a cook-up. Hits like 10, 11 in the morning. We start peeling off. People start going to bed because we're flying out of Adelaide at 5 that night. Oh, man. Or we had to wake up at 5 to fly out at 7 or something like that. But as we all peeled off, Cam, who'd gone home and slept all night, was still drinking. Sitting out in the sun. And he was a pretty pale dude, too. He's drinking daiquiris. Like, not drinking water or nothing. So alarms start going off. We all start waking up to catch the flight home after this huge party. Yeah. Walk out the back. And here he is, sitting in his chair, just daiquiri in hand, laxed out. Red as a fucking lobster, man. Just sunburnt <laughs> to shit. And just talking gibberish. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my God. Cam, you all right? Ah, ah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, we're going to go sit inside and we'll start getting ready. Well, we're sitting in the lounge room. We're watching like a soccer game or something. Everyone's feeling sorry for themselves. And he never had a proper case for his head. So he used to wrap it in like this foam slash bubble wrap and would tape it all up. And that's how he'd send his head through the airport oh and travel with it. And this was an angle head, like $5,000 tube amp. Mm, Richie Blackmore. Just, just wrap this shit up in whatever he could find. Oh my God. It was, a, it worked. Like it, it never had any damage or anything like that. But he comes, we're sitting in the lounge room. He comes stumbling in after a full night drinking, full day drinking. Yeah. He's like, oh, where's the stuffing? Like, where's the what? It's like, where's the stuffing? Like, what are you talking about, kids? Ah, oh, <laughs> where's the stuffing? <laughs> we all look at each other like, we didn't eat turkey or chicken or nothing, man. Like, there's no stuffing here. What are no. you fucking talking about? He's getting frustrated. He's red, sunburnt, like just radiating heat, wasted, sort of swaying a bit. He's like, ah, oh, this fucking stuffing, man. Where's the stuffing? <laughs> we got no idea what you're talking about, dude. He's like, oh. Uh. And starts sort of pictionarying this shit. You know? Making oh, hand gestures. Looks like, like this. this. Looks like this. Fucking yeah. this, this. And someone clicked and he's like, is he talking about what he wraps his head in? <laughs> and that was it, man. Just laughter. We started laughing our fucking ass off. He's talking about what he wraps all his shit in. He's like, yes, the stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. Like, uh. the whole way to the airport, 
Where's the stuffing? The stuffing. We got him to the airport. We somehow got him through security because he was wrecked. Yeah. It was like at the point where drunk. you shouldn't be allowed no. to fly. No. It's going to be interesting. To got him morning. inside. <laughs> he was leaning against the column and we were all sort of coming up and poking him. Like, hey, Cam, you all right? <laughs> Fuck off. Leave me alone. <laughs> so dead set, man. As red as fucking Pro Tools right now. Yeah. Just <laughs> lobster. Just could not believe it. Made it through. But that was one of the things like for years after that. He we'd, we'd be out drinking. He'd be come up. Oh, hey man, hey, he's going. I was like, where's the stuffing? <laughs> like if we were ever looking for him. Where's the stuffing? Where's the stuffing? Like, hey, stuffing! Fantastic. I need to see his head pop up. Like, oh, I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that is a fantastic tour story. Thank you for sharing with that oh, with us, Tricky. My goodness. One of those things, man. It's, you know, every band has their own little inside jokes, and that was one of the things I always found. It's like, regardless of what they've been through, where they're from, Every band has, like, the little inside jokes. Yeah. Most of our end jokes come from, like, um, stupid YouTube videos and shit like that. So there's a lot we could tell that just wouldn't even get across. Yeah, right. Because we're just fucking idiots. <laughs> and um, we have a very particular sense of humour in this band, and it's pretty dark. <laughs> well, do you guys have a like a band chat on Messenger where you can? Talk oh yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. memes and yeah. insults. Yeah, we and like the blackest, <laughs> most terrible memes you'll ever see. And it's dude. something you would never share with anyone outside of the no, band. Could like never. If you put could your never. phone down and that chat is open, you're in trouble. No, well, we have like-minded friends that we share. Like. We're not the only absolute horrible people that we know. So sure, yeah, yeah. there are people that we do share our memes with, but <laughs> they need to fit the bill, you know. Like I showed my dad a meme the other day, and he just almost fucking disowned me. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been pretty bad. Man. Oh, it was standard for us. You know, he just looked at me like, "What the fuck have you done with your life?" <laughs> oh man. Well, <laughs> if I can change gears for just a moment. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little because we're going to wrap it up here pretty soon but I do want to touch on a couple of things um, now I did a little bit of a deep dive into your uh, YouTube channel this afternoon and I got to watch a couple of your uh, live shows um, from the past and also some uh, video clips um, now there was one from last year Young Man's Dream mm. now I'd like to ask you guys before I put any of my input in what is that song about? I've had some periods in my life where I've been quite debaucherous. Okay. And, um, you know, I've found myself feeling like an old, decrepit piece of shit way beyond my years because mm. I, you know, I brought it upon myself. Um, How old are you, by the I'm way? I'm 31. 31? Yep. Um, you don't look a day past 32, mate. You. <laughs> <laughs> so my I wife says I look 40. 12. <laughs> <laughs> um but Back 12. Yeah, so that, <laughs> at the best of times. Um, but yeah, this young man's dream is probably about uh, hope in the face of that sort of, you know, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck of a man, but it I've still got a young man's dream. Oh, okay. You know, I, I, th there's still hope for the future. Yeah, I like know? that. That's mm -hmm. actually really cool. Thank That's you. great. Because... If I could kind of just glean from the, the lyrics and watching the film clip, especially at the end, where you're kind of basking in the uh, water there, yeah. and the three lovely maidens kind take of take you down, mm. I was like, is this song about a threesome? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it probably at, at, 
at the heart of it, every song is about a threesome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually foursome, really, because there's three women, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And what about the new single, the latest single, the rebranded single, Sunset Junkies? We've, we've disbanded from Byron Short and the Sunset Junkies. The new, the new look for the band, Inertia, the latest single. Again, we've got another beautiful woman. Where do you find these women that are willing to... It's the same chick. It's the same chick. Wow. Um, one of the chicks in, in, in the Young Man's Dream video um, was happy to star in our new video. Her yeah. Her name's Georgia Ellison. She's a... She's an actress yes. um, up our way, a Gold Coast girl. And she's, oh what, 19 or 20 or something. She's extremely talented. She does all sorts of things. Mm. She spent time over in, like, New York film school or acting school or some shit. And um, she got a huge future. So we're just lucky that we caught her in a space where she's keen to do stuff for yeah. not much money, you know? Like, she's a great chick. Great to work well, with. Well, it's a very cool clip. I was going to ask, um, did the post-production on it, all of the, the 3D kind of stuff where she's holding up the orb of the galaxy in her in her palms, that must have cost a bit, surely. That was all done in Germany too, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it did cost a little bit. I'm still paying it off. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, there was a uh, visual effects dude called Philip Lickestratus, um, who is based in Germany, who, yeah. who got that whole ball rolling. And then our director, actually, uh, Daryl Lee Irvine, he, he sort of took that and, and ran with it. And he ended up creating a lot of the visual effects, like the, the thing in her hands and all of that yeah. stuff, and the stuff that's projected on her body. Um, yeah, we It's all custom made for the clip. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool, man. Yeah. Um, and so you did touch on something that kind of leads me into my next question and that was family and the, and the the stresses that that touring can take on the family so th- have you guys married kids like who's got who's got what yeah i got a i'm married with a kid one on the way yeah and um oh it's all right because um my wife's always known that this is what i want to do sure so and she doesn't really like me being around the house anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, we've got another gig. Fantastic. Get That's out of it. here. Get out. Get yeah. Out. <laughs> uh, I'm recently married. Um, six or seven months. Yep. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, sir. Um, yeah, look. No little Byron shorts running around yet? Not yet. Not Just this Well. Yeah, look, she, my wife, Tina um, has always been very supportive and understanding. Yeah. Um, we haven't been together for too long by comparison with some other people. A few years. But um, she, she's she got a radio show herself and she's a big music fan, live music appreciator. So she knows what it's all about. And she knows how much you have to put into this if you're going to get close to success. So yeah. um, she's supportive, very supportive. Very yeah. supportive. You know, that doesn't mean there's not, you know bumps in the road and all that course, sort of stuff, yeah. you know, when you're always coming and going, it's, it's shit, you know, I just, really, I just want to lay in bed with my cat, like, I don't really want to be here. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to start a gig, yeah. isn't it? I don't really want to be here, boys, but oh, we're here, oh, so. Oh, it's at the heart of it, you know what I It's fucking hard yakker is what I'm getting at. It's sure. Like, you know, this is the fun part, getting on stage and doing the gig. But yes. Like all of the shit that precedes it is mm-hmm. 
fucking headache, man. Yeah, man. And that that and 45 minutes when you're on stage, it makes it all that worth it. That man. does make it worth it. Yeah, you know? I think that's why we're all here, isn't it? That's yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. If I could bring yeah. my cat, that'd just be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tricky? You got any family back home that's waiting to see you? Um, that's a I'll tough one. Yeah, Tricky's <laughs> got a girl in every port. <laughs> He's the playboy of the group. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've um ju- just started seeing a girl. Yeah. Mm. It's not um Is she your girlfriend, Dan? It's oh, she hasn't labeled it. She hasn't labeled that yet. Oh, she hasn't. Right. What yeah. about you? She then? hasn't have I labeled it? Yeah. Uh, you I'm labeled I'm it when I'm you friggin' met her, you I'm piece of shit. Oh, yeah. I kinda did, yeah, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I suppose. No, but for my formative years I did. I went through years of touring like went overseas with uh while i was all with one girl and we split up at the start of last year yeah and now i've only just met another one and we're sort of starting yeah to you know see how it goes and what's going to happen but and do you feel that the touring had a little bit of an impact on on your relationship and how it absolutely ended? absolutely yeah, absolutely right. it took years for her to start to come around to sort yeah. of realise that this is part of the gig. Yeah, part of the such. deal when you sign up for yeah. it. But do you think that's why it sort of broke down in the end as no. well? No, I don't. There would have been other factors, no. but that yeah. would have been there one of them. Sure, no, yeah. I don't think that was a factor. Oh, okay. Oh, oh maybe. Because I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was still trying to tell a story here, mate. <laughs> trying to chase a dream and, yeah, that did get in the way a little bit, but yeah. there's no reason why it can't work Mm. as well oh definitely i I guess uh, when you're looking at it from um a relationship point of view uh when one of the people in the relationship is absent for an extended period of time um you know four or five times a year however often you know you're you're playing it's obviously going to take a toll on on the relationship and Mm. it takes a special person to be able to support that especially when um you're at the grassroots level of yeah. performing you yeah. you aren't selling out arenas you know i'm sure if there was a partner that um was with someone before they were famous or before they were successful and they were there with them the whole way and then they got to enjoy the fruits of that person's labor then that's awesome but you know if it's just you know 20 years of you know going to play the Failure. local pub you know <laughs> it c- you could see how it could Absolute start to failure. get tired you know yeah. so um yeah. i guess yeah kudos to all those uh the the partners out there that put up with um all reprobates our, all our shit <laughs> <laughs> like us we can tie it into the beginning hey boys thanks so much for coming and and being a part of the first ever episode of the art of touring with the sis dog um <laughs> i am the dude the dog uh, show me all pass <laughs> Can you tell the lovely people out there um, where we can find Sunset Junkies online on the internet? Where where can we find you? Inertia is our debut single for all purposes. Yeah. And you can find it everywhere. Um, you know, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, that evil demon. Um, YouTube. YouTube. Great video, like oh, you said, with geez. that, yep. with that chicken there. And you guys have the Mind Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, all of the platforms. Yep. We got all the platforms. <laughs> we yep. um Some dandruff. we follow <laughs> we follow Donald Twitter, uh, Donald Trump on Twitter. Um, right. And we we retweet a lot of his stuff. So if you want to keep up to date with the whole Syria debacle, then yeah. um you're the the first point of call. Junkies. Fantastic. All over it. Well, thanks again, boys, and uh, yeah, we will see you on the road. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Butts off. Thanks, yep. guys. Cheers. Peace, Thanks, dog. 
Well, there you go. That's the end of Art of Touring, the podcast, episode one. Thanks so much for listening to this conversation. If you liked it, then give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And give us a follow at Art of Touring on Instagram and at Art underscore of underscore Touring on Twitter. Also, you can go check out my band, Smokestack Rhino. We're on Instagram and Facebook, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Twitter, even our very own website, www.smokestackrhino.com. And there you can keep up to date with all our gigs. And, you know, give us a chuck on Facebook. Uh, all the events are up there as well. If you'd like to get in contact with me, uh, you can do so. Don't hesitate. You can email me directly at artoftouringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show. If you're a touring muso, hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can listen to Art of Touring on multiple platforms on SoundCloud, iTunes, and I'll even throw this up on YouTube. That's a wrap for this week, gang. Not sure how often I'll be able to release these podcasts, hopefully at least once a month. So please hit that subscribe button so you'll get a notification on when the next episode will be available for download. But before I go, I do have a few shout outs. Uh, shout out to Chris Wall, who designed uh, the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall. So that's Mr. and then Wall spelt W-A-H-L. Uh, massive thanks to my guests this week, Byron, Dan and Jeremy from Sunset Junkies. Shout out to the Cherry Bar for allowing us to take over the back bar there to record the very first episode. Uh, and now let's get into some plugs. My band, Smokestack Rhino, we are playing in Melbourne at the Spotted Mallard on May the 12th alongside some amazing acts like Gay Paris, Child, uh, Born Lion will be there. It's for the Meltdown Festival. It starts at 2pm. We are on stage at 3pm and tickets are available through Mosh Ticks. And the following week we'll be playing up in Hillsville at the Herd Bar on Saturday, May 19th. So head on over to the Smokestack Rhino Facebook page for all the details. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Turing with the Sizz Dog. Oh, oh, oh. Remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Cup of Tea and Toast. Ah.